0: Hey, thanks for tuning in to episode 13 of the Roche Project. Today's guest is a DJ, producer, rapper and former housemate of mine, creator of the Boombox Committee and Bossmanac Committee Records. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Chris D. So let's get down to business. We have got Christy here. So yeah, we used to DJ together, which might surprise to hear if you uh read Chris's Word for magazine interview. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, yeah okay. uh,
0: hmm. my name's nowhere thank you Awkward. yeah
1: <laughs> there was another thing that stood
0: out about the magazine as well actually which was it was quite a funny thing it, you said something like you, you played at an event that was inclusive to LGBT and it, I just had an image of like does that mean all your other events haven't been
1: <laughs> yeah no gays like, 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 allowed <laughs> nah yes yeah, normally quite a strict policy there yeah <laughs>
0: I Unless I know one.
1: people personally, I just don't really want them at the events, you know? Like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, do you remember how we first met?
1: Yeah, you fucking got your ball bag out.
0: Oh, what time was that? <laughs> 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 was this the first yeah. time we met? I don't remember that. The first
1: time we met, you come up to me and we're like something along the lines of, hey, my name's Russ, do you want to see my three balls? And it was like... Oh, Really? I'm yeah, not remembering that time. Occasion. Where were you?
0: This might not be the first time.
1: Ah, right, okay. This this was in halls somewhere.
0: Yeah. yeah. I very clearly remember our first meeting.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, go
0: on then. It was in your room <coughs> and oh. I was introduced to you by Bear, if you remember Bear.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: and Demo was at yours.
1: Oh, yeah. man like high def. <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, I won't uh, go into too much detail, but Demo was a bit worse for wear. He was in sponge mode on the floor. Yeah, I think he was on the bed when I got there, but he was like, <laughs> he was an extremely young looking uh, 18 year old. So I thought he was like 15. <laughs> what's going on here (laughs) what
1: have i stumbled into yeah yeah
0: (laughs) totally so back to music you were djing before uni when did you start uh so
1: oh fucking hell so our first gig i must have been like late 16 just turned 17 maybe uh and it was like the worst gig i think i've ever played to be honest with you (laughs) but uh, (laughs) I had absolutely no experience had never touched a set of decks in my life but like me and Damo and another guy Adam had started up this club night and there was a slot to fill so it was like right step up oh so you
0: went on before you'd even (laughs) practiced I went on
1: before I'd I'd even knew what I was doing and played the most horrible set where I was trying to mix like house and dubstep and I didn't even know how to mix you know I remember hitting the cue button and thinking that if I just tap the cue button in time with the song that was playing, that that would bring it in tie with each other. And then I could just drop it. Mm. And obviously that's very much not
0: how it works. Like. No. <laughs> 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 that's hilarious. so oh, we're, were the other two guys uh, mixing at that point. Yeah. Damo and Adam were like
1: definitely a little bit ahead of the game compared to like myself and a few other people. Um, but like, I don't think they had played any sets out either, you know. It was all like, we pretty much had this club night running so that we could put ourselves and our friends on, you know. Yeah, and then just what, kind of grew from there, really. What was it called? Uh, <laughs> it's called Crack Club. Oh, I
0: remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, so Crack Club. First ever club night that I worked on actually no it's not you know fucking when we were well young like 15 16 we were part of this young enterprise thing called uh armada sounds but that was all just like acoustic gigs and like
0: that sounds very like i can imagine Ibiza or something Ibiza, guys on the beach with their fucking tops off (laughs) no it's a
1: bit more like uh are you familiar with these like the sofa sounds and fucking sofa sessions and whatnot but is that
0: like unplugged you, or something dude
1: yeah, yeah 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 that kind of thing just like a bunch of teenagers in a coffee shop basically because weren't old enough to get into a real club like
0: was it like a youth club
1: no it's like a, it was like a school-based thing like uh, for people who were doing uh, business studies at a level mm. um and so yeah and like a group of us just got together and started
0: doing events you dabbled in dodgy names, actually, for Club Nights, didn't you? Because your one uh, first year of uni was called Eargasm. Eargasm, yep. Yeah. That was quality, that was. <laughs> Who ran that? Was it you, Tony, and Jack? Me, Tony? Well, uh, fucking
1: me and Tony were, like, come up with it. And then liney you know, he was there, like, mm. he was fully there. But <laughs> then we had that awkwardness with Tony, so we had to... So Jack kind of became, like, a full
0: full crew member, like... Was Tony not involved the whole time?
1: No, if I remember rightly, we... um well, we just stopped doing it with him after we found him, like, burning money outside the club.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Do That's you know, I a remember this? Move.
0: No, I don't remember this. <laughs>
1: yeah. So it was like, I saw it was after, like, the second one or something like that. And he had just got, like, got a bit too excited, shall we say. And uh, was caught fucking trying to chat up some girl by, like, setting fire to £20 notes and that. And, like, bearing in mind, we were running on, like, no profit.
0: Oh, my no God. Profit. So this was money that was supposed to be sort of put back into the night and he was like burning it.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just like pure Euro trash, like in his pink
0: fishnets and hot pants and shit, just burning cash trying to fucking mack on girls. Yeah, what was the poster of that was like, uh, I remember the first one he came up with and the other two of you were like, nah.
1: Yeah, it was like, it was just, oh, God, it was, like, some woman being, like, spaffed on or something. Like, oh, my, I don't know, man. Like, all I can remember is, like, looking at it and being, like, I can't put my name to this, like, expletive image. I mean, sex sells, but but there's a line. Right, you know, woman in bikinis, like, whatever, That's that sells, that does, like, just straight up semen, not so much. Like, yeah. <laughs>
0: oh god halls was funny um so yeah then uh we moved to brighton after halls fuck yeah i had like a a little list written out of like all the different houses we lived in. (laughs) so i was trying to actually remember things in order started off the avenue wasn't it yeah that's when i was probably started djing i tried to dj CDJs before then but just never really got on with them so yeah that's when i first got my proper decks when we moved in the avenue and i was thinking about this the other day and the first show i ever played i think you might have played it as well do you remember this like a dj competition at a, the true club on western road oh god yeah this only came I to know. me when i was writing all this out and i was like what <laughs> I literally had not thought about that since then. No, neither have I barely remember it. What do you remember about it?
1: I remember that we turned up to like an empty club, mm. played a little bit of a set. Did we all just spoke to this guy who was pretty much just like, well, you guys are pretty much the only ones that have turned up. So I can't really remember.
0: Mm. I, I remember it being emptied. I'll see anything I remember.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was completely empty. And mm. then... I can remember off the back of that, I think because everyone else in the house went home and I decided to stay down in Brighton so that I could go and play this this second round and turned up to it and it was like, I was fully expecting like, well, a DJ competition, you know, we got there and it was like some R&B dance hall night, you know, wasn't really rave music and Certainly, they weren't up for me DJing, and then I eventually managed to get on the decks in like room two, yeah. And just played some like inappropriate chainsaw dubstep set, and no <laughs> one was up for it. And uh, and it was it had been snowing as well because I remember I was walking down in those black pointy shoes, the winkle picker shoes that were in fashion at the time, and uh, yeah, just slipping. I was just sliding everywhere, man, just walking down to fucking True Club from the (laughs) avenue, which was like a good 45-minute walk of just sliding, slipping. all the way
0: there in those shoes. (laughs) All the way there, yeah. um, uh, I have a memory of those shoes in particular, actually. Uh, One time you and Jez went for an interview at the same place and he didn't have any interview clothes. (laughs) So he wore those (laughs) shoes and your shirt, which was like way too big for him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. And he turned up pretty much wearing the same outfit yeah. as me with the same address on
0: this cv and everything <laughs> oh, i hope it was the same person interviewing that was so funny it definitely would have been it definitely would have been <laughs> oh jeez.
1: and it was actually that job which uh do you remember vaguely the fucking our brief time in a band with mm. uh, that guy isaac
0: did like one or two practices with him. He was pretty
1: cool. He was. He's actually gone on to do some cool shit now. Like, oh, what's he doing in, now? He's in quite a successful
0: band. Oh, really? I
1: can't... <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. What yeah I... When
0: you don't hang out with us.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is it. Yeah, he, he stayed on track, whereas we, like, you know, just started <laughs> went, out.
0: Went overboard. <laughs> so I can't funny. remember
1: what their band's called now, but it's like, I don't know. and then we had the, uh, was it New Market Road straight after that? Yeah. Yeah, and then the infamous Cheltenham Place. <laughs> Cheltenham Place. <laughs> Empathy test. He's still riding that same name. That Was that what we were almost called? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was almost us, yeah. He's <laughs> out there smashing it in Germany now. Oh, wow. Good on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah is it? Like, fucking.
0: What were we just talking about again? Ewhurst Road. Cheltenham Place. Oh, Cheltenham Place. Sorry, not
1: Ewhurst Road. Road. damn, that was another one that's, that always sits between the cracks, that one. That's where you got Marley. Oh, that is. Yeah. The infamous.
0: Yeah, I remember the first time you brought him back. It was quite a surprising move for you to get a dog, because I don't know if you remember this, but when we lived in the avenue, you got proper scared by a dog and ran up a tree, and it was quite a Oh, yeah, dog. yeah, yeah, fully. I hated dogs. It was a shock to all of us. Where did the decision come from to get a dog? Well,
1: I'd been working at that DJ Academy. Part of the job description turned out to be like going and getting his dog and taking his dog out for a walk every now and again. So you You thought,
0: I'll make this harder.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know how this... Hmm, not really too confident with this dog or other dogs, but we'll see. But then, no, I I started to get more confident. And then uh, I was like, I'd always had it in my head that like if I... uh, If I was to ever have my own dog, I'd call it Marley and, you know, like that kind of thing. And at the time, I was also quite into going on to Gumtree and looking through the free, free to the
0: sweet deals
1: (laughs) for the sweet deals. Yeah, literally for them free stuff deals like. yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I was at work, working hard, surfing Gumtree and uh, fucking come across Marley. Yeah. But they'd used a picture of him that was like. Him as a puppy. Yeah. And he'd been up for four minutes and he was already called Marley. So I was just like, I don't know, a bit impulsive thinking about it. Just like, yeah, just booked a train to Kent the next day and went and got him. Wow. Was shit scared of him. Like,
0: yeah, I remember you being proper pranged out like the first night you got him.
1: Oh, yeah. I was ready to give him back on that. Like, I hated him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the first sort of encounter I had with him, we we took him to a park Near where you were living at the time, and it was at the top of a hill where you were sat. And then these people with a football turned up. (laughs) Oh, yeah! (laughs) And then he just came along, grabbed the football, and wouldn't let go. And it was, and even after it was popped, you were still trying to get the football up to get back to these kids. (laughs) These kids had just literally just bought their football from town, literally, yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) Spent their pocket money on it, had a nice day planned in the park.
0: Oh and it, it felt like it went on forever.
1: <laughs> oh, I really did, didn't it? Oh man, it did. And this is it. I had, just, I just had no control over him at all at mm. the time. Like it was, I can't, I'm kind of surprised I even got the dog. To be honest with you, in, in the grand scheme of things, like I would like to say that that was an isolated incident as well with the tennis ball, but it, it definitely wasn't. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you mentioned DJ Academy before. We, the, it always used to be a nightmare, like going out for breaks because you'd be like oh let's go out walk the dog and then <laughs> it would take like so fucking long to, to get the oh dog. god two dogs and like oh, yeah.
1: normally three stoners just yeah. like <laughs> just out out in queens park just <laughs> trying to keep the peace <laughs> that job was such a fucking fraff because we it got to the point where we were taking lessons and like sometimes just solely in charge of like a group full of students who were obviously had like, uh, like mental and sometimes physical yeah.
0: uh, handicaps. Sometimes which... people with learning difficulties, wasn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, majoritively people with learning difficulties. So it was like looking back on it, it was kind of like <clears throat> quite a big responsibility to just be, mm. be to be left there unpaid. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it was, <laughs> That's it. He, like, ben was really throwing caution to the wind with yeah. that one like. <laughs> far too
0: trusting I don't...
1: <laughs> yeah literally man That's so. It's like, yeah it's just one of them ones isn't it really uh, do, you, what, you
0: left there didn't you
1: yeah man like I, alarm bells started to ring when your your boss tells you that you should probably just sign on to the job seekers because uh, that would be quicker money than him getting
0: money to you yeah <laughs> 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 i don't remember this i actually got fired from there funnily
1: <laughs> how the fuck did you get fired i know
0: i can see it from his point of view but he d- he just didn't know the context so because we weren't getting paid i took a bar job at the coalition and so i was working like nights at the coalition and then days at the dj academy and then i don't know how long i was doing this for but just one day i just didn't wake up for dj academy I just slept through my alarm and then I got, I woke up at like four in the afternoon (laughs) and then with with an angry message from him saying, oh, I I understand you like to get pissed and stuff or something like that. And I was like, Jesus Christ, man. (laughs) I was working, bro. Yeah. That's
1: that's such a jammy, like.
0: Oh yeah. I was supposed to be there at 10 and I uh, woke up at four, but (laughs) But Yeah, it's completely just because I was burning the candle at both ends in regards to trying to work at night and try and work during the day. Oh, well, you live and learn. <laughs> you most certainly do. Before you like created Boombox, you were doing like, squ- squat parties. That that was pre-Boombox, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was pre-Boombox. That was under the name No Concept Crew. That's right, yeah. Yeah, wild days. We didn't even have a sound system then. That was essentially Jez's monitor speakers. Was that all it was,
0: was it? Oh, wow.
1: Pretty much, yeah, because oh, okay. we just had those four, I think they were 250-watt full-range monitor speakers. We were smashing it, thinking about it. Just off of them. It wasn't until the final one that we got like proper sound systems in.
0: What was the final one? Is that the one where it went wrong? Well, yeah, the the squat party to end all squat parties. Let's not go into too much detail about where it was, but maybe explain what happened. <laughs> so like,
1: yeah, so basically we, uh, we ended up uh, squatting this, it was like a five story office block building. Brand spanking new, so it was. It was like, I can remember the toilet handle still having like bubble wrap on it and shit. It was like brand spanking new building. I remember having a shower there and it was like, <laughs> it was sick, man. It was paying like. But, um, yeah, so we got into this building, stayed there for a bit, and then done this party. Uh, and we'd gotten in, Simon? worked at the van company and him and his band came in and did like the bottom floor. Then you had the Lionheart sound system and our sound system. Cause Jez had his sound system by that point. Mm. So I think it was Jez's sound system with bulked up by a bit of Lionheart Mm. and then Lionheart sound system on the top floor playing reggae. And then, yeah, it just, it started off really nicely actually. And, uh, All was going quite well. And then, unfortunately, these guys who we had hired to be our security guards for the night, one of whom, very professional, another who, not so professional, and took the informal scenario as, like, uh, an excuse to, do you know what I mean, act the big man and fucking... Like, normal club bouncers aren't going to get away with threatening to cave in teenagers' heads, do you know Mm. what I mean, and all of this shit. And, like, he was going around swinging at people and, like... <clears throat> very much just took it to be like a. So,
0: oh, so the he was, he was being a bit of trouble then?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. The bouncers. He was really throwing his weight around. He ended up uh, just decking some kid, some kiddie, and he was like, I can't even remember why. It was just like some proper nonsense reason, you know? It was no, it was no reason. His, his older brothers and their mates turned up and kind of started robbing people. And then fucked up the security guards
0: yeah so i that's how I remember it was the um the bouncer just sort of like messed with the wrong guy, and then unfortunately that backfired and loads of people turned up and just started attacking everyone and there yeah. was, it was the most Quentin Tarantino thing I've ever seen <laughs> suddenly it turned. Real fucking quick. I've never made that link, but it definitely is. Like (laughs) I was upstairs, nothing was wrong, and then someone was like, "Oh shit, something's going on." I can't remember what they said to me, and I sort of like turned around and just saw one of the bouncers, like looking like he might be dead on the floor. But yeah, man, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And I think maybe you said to me, "Like we need to get out of here," and you said to me, "Ring an ambulance." And uh, then next thing I remember, I was getting beaten up on the floor. By lots of people, and I—I I was extremely fortunate to come out of that really unscathed. Actually, yeah, I had to go to A and E afterwards. Yeah,
1: yeah, I remember that because
0: I, I can—I can vaguely remember because I can remember you getting beaten the first
1: time, and then I think it was—I uh, swear it was—I swear I, it was me that picked you up and took you downstairs. Potentially, but then. Yeah. But then you walked downstairs and fucking pretty much straight into the
0: same thing the, happened again.
1: The, <laughs> yeah, into <laughs> into a middle of another fucking beating, and it was just like, oh god. But yeah, we I think all of us fucking were really counting our blessings from that night because we oh. come out of it absolutely. They did well. This is it. Yeah, it did just become a bit of a, a bloodbath because they the guys were robbing people, and then how it started was. This guy I mean, was like, Yeah, Chris, man, there's people going, there's a group of guys going around robbing people. You need to send your security up. So, me and the security guards went up there. The security went over and was just like, Right, lads, you can't be doing that. And they just turned around and fucking pretty much just stabbed him through the face. Like, and it was just like, that was i just remember seeing him drop i don't i don't know how i came out of that unscathed i got stung a couple of times by him but then didn't actually hit the floor so managed to keep my shit together but then damo got beaten. and you got beaten
0: did he oh i don't remember that yeah man did you not do any other raids to that extent after that i don't remember
1: no man well this is it like i think as much as nothing was really pinpointed to us the scene in Brighton seemed to take a very quick deterioration around that time period. There was a lot of people throwing parties where people were turning up and getting stabbed and robbed, and a lot of pretty shit, just like and the police as well. I don't know if you remember this, the the amount of police, the sheer volume of fucking police force that turned up. yeah, there was like that main road going into Brighton, just completely closed off by like <laughs> oh, wow. either end of the thing. Yeah, they were breathalizing everyone that was trying to get to us. The most police I've ever seen.
0: Uh, you were living in Cheltenham Place at that point? Yeah. Do you remember the Halloween party at Cheltenham Place? I mean, right at the beginning, they were just moving into this party house. And they, yeah, parties constantly. And then they get like, as soon as they move in, the first party they have, they like get some kind of council order, which means they kind of have parties.
1: Well, they set off like the, the fire alarms. I can remember all the fire alarms going off because it was too hot in the fucking room and everyone's <laughs> just sweating out and shit. Oh, wow and then yeah every room cuz it was like Harry's bedroom that had decks set up in it the living mm. room that little fucking bit in the
0: like the second living room you know that little corner bit someone nicked my needles as well
1: oh god oh, yeah so annoying. bloody hell you're not like that one go have your ass fucking uh, no I'm-
0: <laughs> <laughs> still mad about yeah. it now. Now it was just not, I didn't even like think to like take them off. I was annoyed at myself more than anything. Just be like, oh, I shouldn't have left them there. But yeah, you, you kind of expect like at a friend's party that you wouldn't, but there were loads of people there. I didn't know, so
1: yeah. Yeah, fucking scumbags. Like. <laughs> Art students. This is what happens oh, when you hang hard. around with artists, mate. Jesus. The artist gang. Probably sold them to buy ramen or something like that, oh, yeah.
0: I'll swap this. What's ramen? <laughs> Rather,
1: <laughs> like dried noodles, like oh. the you know the packet noodles, super noodle kind of
0: things. You remember super noodles and beans? Ah, oh, fuck yeah, I do. <laughs>
1: of course, with, with a slice of bread at the bottom to soak up the grove Yeah, of course. I was. I talk about that. That's actually quite a. Uh, if people talk about like budget meals, that yeah. still gets thrown out there as like a viable option. And if you're feeling fancy, you get the sausages and beans. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was classy times man. That was classy times like. Again, that was like that was a, a nod to our avenue days. The mm. first house. You had like Laura there doing her hospitality degree, frying up prawns yeah. and making like mad food and shit, and then like me and you just keeping yeah. it real with the baked beans and super noodles like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we had the worst fucking uh food abilities and <laughs> I even used to eat beans with pasta. Oh my god, I can't imagine eating that now. That was <laughs> Do you fucking remember when uh, Johnny, Will, and Tom came
1: down and yeah. we had the fucking the <sighs> washing capsule fire? And it went and it went all <laughs> over the washing up. And we had like it just everything we cooked were, just tasted like laundry detergent for like months. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Can you remember that?
0: <laughs> I do remember, actually. Yeah, that was mad. My... Yeah, I felt silly about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's silly but it was a good night though it was worth it <laughs> so where did you live after Cheltenham Place?
1: so that was where I moved out of Cheltenham Place and into that squat
0: how many did you live in at that period? was it just one?
1: yeah there was a couple of nights here and there in just random where we spent the night like wandering around looking for new places and just you know ended up spending periods of time just in a building hmm. but in terms of like Settled living that was, yeah, that was the one, and then we ended up kind of semi squatting Stevie Cheese's flat. Yeah.
0: Oh my god, yeah, lived <coughs> that was
1: mental. Poor, it was like five, Stevie Cheese. five of us and two dogs in that flat. Is it? It was a, st- a studio flat, wasn't it? It was <laughs> one room, one room, yeah, <laughs> one room. Sweet Jesus. Oh, see, what were, yeah. I, again, I look back on those times and I'm just like, what was I thinking, man? Like, oh, God damn it. Like, shout out to fucking Her Majesty's finest constabulary. That was around the time when I got assaulted by the police. Like, <laughs> is it? Yeah, that's all buzzwordy now. That's all the hot topic now. I was out there getting beaten by the police before it was called. You know what I mean? Like, I flying <laughs> the flag for ever... that shit back in the day. Like, did
0: anything ever come of that? Because you did, um, complaint i made a it was a complaint
1: to the crown Pro- the cps the crown prosecution so no nah, they literally laughed they just fucking laughed me out of it man really and that's again that's disgusting you know because like six police officers that night all had a swing at me with truncheons took a little kick a little punch or whatever stamped on me held me face down in a puddle down the fucking back alley do you know what i mean like it's a, it was a dodgy situation looking back on it. Mm. And then their response at the time when I made a complaint was that five out of the six body cams weren't working. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the sixth body cam happened to just be pointing in the opposite, wasn't watching at the time, pretty much, just oh, okay. basically facing the other way.
0: That's always, uh, that almost makes it seem more dodgy if it's like five out of the six cameras won't
1: work. Yeah, it was a real example of them, like, of the way that they treat, uh people who they view to be like down and out or like like because obviously at the first they're all like you know stamping on me laughing about uh joking about how they're gonna find drugs on me all of this and then they don't find anything on me they realized that i wasn't a, a heavy drugs user they realized uh... that i wasn't some like you know i was actually working
0: two jobs at the time so and you, they were just... you perceived it as if you were a her- uh some kind of drug addict well they assumed that how did the encounter start like, because you ran away. Well, we we had been out that night, me and another guy who
1: I won't I won't, won't incriminate. It, but yeah, we'd been out trying to break into buildings to find somewhere to live, and that was after a long, long night. Building number seven, and we'd actually the police had been called on us for building number six, and uh, <laughs> but the police had taken their sweet time, and so didn't actually come across us until. Just by chance, they rounded the corner, driving to building number six and found us breaking into building number seven. Ooh. <clears throat> at which point we just legged it. I literally got caught crowbar up against the fucking door like that. Like, mm.
0: When they got up to you, uh, were you like and about to get away or were you kind of like, I'm caught at this point? like, how did No, no. Like, So I ran, took a wrong turn in, went down
1: a dead end, realised my mistake and immediately dropped to my knees and put my hands up.
0: Oh, really? And they kind of just bashed you up
1: yeah oh. yeah first hit was a hit with the cosh to the <laughs> collarbone here right and that oh, just shit, sent man. me like pretty much just put me on my like on my back and then just got spun over and had my fucking back kicked and my head mm. someone was like at ho- like that and like grinding my face into the gravel Uh it's fucking yeah it wasn't very nice oh uh, that's such a shame man
0: so uh then after that you moved into Kemptown, town is that right yeah, moved into the flat. Moved into the flat. Uh, that's kind of where Boombox arose, if I remember correctly. Because you you did a course with the Princess Trust, is that right?
1: That's right. Yeah, the new Enterprise scheme, and uh, yeah, through that. Because initially, started off originally trying to make my own DJ academy. Oh, was it? <coughs> oh, Okay. Uh, that was what that was the idea I went with uh, initially. Hang about, I'm just going to put some food down for my <laughs> yeah. yeah so fucking that was the one uh that was the initial idea but then my job center coach ended up being like ah, oh. ended up basically talking me into sound equipment and audio equipment hmm. and from that spawned the uh yeah the boombox christie's boombox
0: oh that's crazy and
1: obviously boombox committee Although I, I, I dare, I go, I'd go i go as far as to say that Boombox Committee was like, it was already kind of established, just wasn't called Boombox Committee. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, it was already, the makings of it were already there. The elements were already there with all of us doing our bits and bobs and we were already working in like the events industry and the music industry. It was just a, yeah, it was just the name. It was just the name that arose then, really, because essentially it had been running for years beforehand, just... Just not as boombox committee.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so I remember we were playing uh Gypsy Disco regularly. Yeah, um, in the second room, and Tipsy Gypsy as well. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah, not a ripoff.
0: Ah! <laughs> it was all the same people, all the fire people from that, and it was all yeah, TV. yeah, yeah, and
1: then <clears throat> and then Bohemian Ballroom sort of spun out of that as well. The Tipsy Gypsy nights were, by far, the, I think, the most chaotic. Like, yeah, yeah, that's. True. I mean, obviously, Gypsy Disco itself was a spectacle, but like, in terms of just like sp- spontaneous madness, I think those Tipsy Gypsy nights were like, we never planned it to be a madness, but then it just always ended up being a madness, mm. and it was like really, the pub was not kitted out for the kind of madness that we were bringing there every week.
0: Yeah that's funny how, how long were we there for I can't even remember
1: it was only a few months
0: was it uh, okay but it was every and week then it so got... it felt like quite a long time
1: yeah and we were getting paid for it mm. as well that's like fucking that was a big thing I, I remember getting money for it and shit it was like yeah sick like but then I think it got to the point where oh my god oh my god no I just remembered what happened yeah you're just, just remembering meant... how it ended <laughs> Well the fucking the the venue got robbed, didn't they? By like cuz do they? you remember the Head Candy next door got squatted?
0: No, but yeah.
1: Well, it got squatted and it, the back of it was on Head Candy and they would the guys who were squatting Head Candy yeah fucking uh climbed in through the top of the pub and stole all of their decks and fucking audio equipment and shit oh, to no go and way. use in the squat party the next door.
0: Oh my god. That wasn't Which what I was. Same night about. as the gypsy disco night, we—I
1: think we all went from gypsy disco to there, if I remember <gasps> rightly. We
0: did. Oh my god, that was yeah. the set. That was that equipment had been robbed from next door. I did not know about that. And then had the
1: awkward conversation of I was like went in there the next time because he called me in and was like, "I need to speak to you. I can come in?" Went in for a chat during the day, thinking it was going to be about getting more money and expanding, mm. and he was like yeah so um i don't know if you know the guys who were were you at the party next door and i was like oh yeah man yeah yeah we were there and he was like do you know them i was like no not really And he's like oh yeah so like they basically robbed all of our equipment um so we can't continue doing this because we've got no like sound in the pub
0: anymore oh fuck so but um that's i i didn't realize that's why it finished actually i thought it was because maybe the week before that we'd had like a a, f- a few noise complaints out the front do you remember this when the bongos were being played
1: <laughs> yeah i do because we had like we had the full full performance we had fire spinners and drummers and like fucking all sorts going on out there
0: I think everyone was extra hammered. We were all dancing in the road, getting in the way of cars. So I remember cars just having to stop while we were dancing in the
1: road. Stop for us while we were filming. Because there's still that video knocking around somewhere. The, there is. The one that you made. Yeah, it did. I, yeah, I think there was, you know, there was elements of lots of things. I think the fact that the pub got their equipment robbed was probably the, the cherry on the cake. Oh, of okay. the fact that we were, what we were doing wasn't really appropriate to what they wanted as much as they were enjoying it oh okay because i remember steve the guy who ran the pub he was uh he was fucking he was sound as fuck but like he yeah he's just he was well up for it but you could just tell it wasn't it wasn't viable for the pub really hmm. not to mention i don't think we were really bringing in much money because if i remember rightly they were just giving us like twacker after twacker after twacker fucking and <laughs> then none of the people we were bringing were buying drinks in the pub. they were all just crusting out out the front, like drinking street beers and whatever. Like
0: that could be true. Yeah. Well, we we were given money to buy everyone beers, weren't we? Yeah. You remember we used to go to Morrison's before and, and get like two crates. Yeah. Two crates of cider. Yeah. <laughs> so I knows. If anyone actually bought any drinks of the people who came, but yeah, that was just for the performance, really, it, it, wasn't it? If but...
1: anything, the pub was buying us drinks. Like, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the pub was buying the attendees' drinks. If anything,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So <laughs> yeah, fucking, and that ah, oh, so than that, and then obviously the Bohemian Ballroom days, and that was, I don't know. To be honest with you, like, as much as we had fun and whatnot, I feel like the Bohemian Ballroom was, it was not the greatest example of. Of what we could do, you know? Yeah. So I, it was fun and it certainly had, like, things going on with it. But, like, we were trying to do something middle of the week at a fucking club that was a bit off the beaten track. And what,
0: what day was it that it used to run? I don't even remember.
1: Wednesday. It was, every, it was a Wednesday every month.
0: Was it really? Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, the midweek sessions.
0: That's an interesting fact. I don't actually remember about it. Okay.
1: But then, yeah, so it was all right, though, you know? And then we had the Ragga Twins come and play there on the last one of that
0: was that the last one you did yeah yeah was it did that end you financially did it
1: no i think we just about broke even every time
0: oh okay so i remember there wasn't as many people there as you might have hoped
1: well that was after the bank holiday oh okay which to be honest i think might have even been after that rave was it oh really? no no it wouldn't it would have no it wouldn't have been it would have been a little bit afterwards but yeah it was another bank holiday weekend and then we they'd obviously we'd had gypsy disco on the saturday of the bank holiday and then the following wednesday we'd tried to put on bohemian ballroom and it was just like obviously no one was up for coming out midweek after they'd just been out all weekend for bank holiday
0: oh okay
1: V. sometimes it goes like that And then we, end, we we did the showcase at the Shibui festival as well sure. um
0: I don't think no, I was like that.
1: <laughs> nah, to be honest with you, I because I'd done the only reason we got that because I'd done the taking the sound system there to do the main stage.
0: Oh, the, what, was Shib- what was Shibui again? It it's... was Henry's thing. Do you remember Henry? Oh yes. Shout out Henry,
1: big up. Um, but yeah, no, he was running Shibui, which it was a fucking nice little festival in its own right. Um, but then yeah, I was doing the the sound system for the main stage. It was nice. Like, it was really nice vibes actually. Hmm. And then that was when I moved to Bristol, pretty much, after that summer.
0: Weren't you living in a van for a little bit before you moved to Bristol, around Brighton? Or were you living in Yeah, well, house? this is it
1: for like most of that year. We'd, I moved out of the house with Jamie and that at the beginning of mm. 2015. And then from early 2015 up until November, I was in the caravan.
0: So at what point did you decide to move to Bristol?
1: Tash, who I was seeing at the time, had come back from El Salvador and we'd link back up. We'd done the festival circuit that year and it basically got to the end of the summer and it was like, right, do I stay in the caravan? Do I sell up and move into a flat in Brighton? Do I think about going elsewhere? And Tash was like, I don't really want to stay in Brighton but, you know, we can do. And I was like, well, I've been here for eight years now, probably it's time to go elsewhere. So, it was either London or Bristol. London, I don't Really want to move to because it's quite busy and the, I don't really like the London vibe, you know, very faceless, very impersonal. So, yeah, it was Bristol, but then I'd never been to Bristol before, so I was moving here completely blind, which again was probably not the best decision, but what can you do, eh?
0: How do the music scenes compare like Brighton to Bristol?
1: Pwah, so, Bristol's a lot grittier, a lot more underground, a lot darker elements you know there's a lot of like your heavy end of the spectrum music your very loud aggressive rave music your very hard glitchy experimental stuff and the parties are a lot more like industrial and and then there's like a big sound system culture here that brighton doesn't have because obviously you've got the a, a massive caribbean uh, community here st paul's carnival going on for fucking however many odd years now you know Um, and then there's a lot of like work hard play hard ethics and like there's no distinction like in Brighton I found that there was like people worked and then went out on the weekends and there was a very big distinction and both things kind of ended whereas in Bristol it's not uncommon for there to be like people going out on like a Tuesday night and working on Wednesday or like you know the classic one of like setting up an event and you're just watching your team just staggering around because they've been doing things but then everything kind of comes together as well and you're just like which again is kind of what the events industry is famous for of like people who know how to party and enjoy partying somehow organizing putting their shit together enough to organize their parties <laughs> <laughs> Brighton's quite a lot more like middle class as well there's a lot more people with money behind them there's a lot more of uh happy, smiley, friendly, put on a smile for the world kind of attitude. Whereas Bristol's a bit more like working class, don't have time for your bullshit. Like,
0: how have you changed since you've moved there?
1: How have I changed for, so like.
0: I was a baby crying? Have you had a baby.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how I've changed the most is I've, I've had a baby now. <laughs> on my own, yeah. test tubes.
0: no to be honest i
1: think the way that bristol's changed me the most is slapping on a smile to live the life so to speak or project that you're living a certain lifestyle bristol has been a lot more of like reality check elements you know it's made me go about my business in a very different way the way i socialize and the way that all the people that i'd maybe choose to associate with now is very different plus as well like the as much as it probably is a thing for quite a lot of people who work in events and whatnot and music in the more recent years i've tried to settle down quite a bit i don't approach going out to events in the same way anymore it's not like a like let's face it we we were putting on events so that we could party like back in the day which was fine you know a lot of people do that but nowadays it's a bit more like right i'm gonna turn up i'm gonna act professionally like no one wants to rehire the guy that's like i mean a little bit tipsy and like chewing his lips in the at the thing fun to be around fun guy but you wouldn't want to give any responsibility to that so i think it's kind of been that's mainly been the way it's changed me yeah and i wouldn't want to say like a bleaker outlook on life but it's definitely taken off the rose-tinted glasses that i think i had in brighton you know
0: oh okay has your perspective changed another thing
1: well brighton is just such a bubble you forget that the rest of the uk is kind of like just normal balance of people and normal balance of like attitudes and and moods, essentially. Like you get quite a wide variety. Brighton's like a party town. Everyone there is there having a good time or looking to have a good time. And there's not so much of a it's quite easy to forget that there are people just living normal lives and working normal jobs and that. Whereas in Bristol it's like there's a lot more of a working attitude here. And so I think my perspective has definitely changed in the sense that I now work to better the sound system the committee worked better like myself as opposed to just doing it for the love of the party i, I don't want to put financial like financial markings on people on like situations and whatnot or on success i don't want to be i don't want to use finance financial situations as a gauge for success but my focus is now very much like i want to build a career from this i want to like move this to the next level and build like a reputable brand, as opposed to just having like a free party crew who's quite happy not making money off of it. Because, you know, if you're living in a caravan and you cost the low, then you don't need to be that guy who's charging six, 700. Quid. You can just turn around and be like, yeah, I'll do it for petrol, mate. No worries. And, you know, people appreciate it. Like, but if you are putting no value on yourself, then no one else is going to.
0: Yeah, I've heard that before. It's sort of like advice online on videos I've seen about uh, people uh, devaluing themselves when they first get into an industry when they're self-employed. And apparently, if you're sort of nervous about asking them for money, that you should probably aim for three times what you think you're worth. <laughs> and that's probably about yeah. right. <laughs> so and then that's... even if you end up bartering down a little bit, it's not the worst, is it? Yeah, like... yeah. Exactly. Uh, what What's exciting you musically at the
1: moment? You know what, yeah, so in the last couple of years, like obviously the sound system and probably myself are primarily known for like rave music, uh, at the very least electronic dance music. But more recently I've been <clears throat> listening to a lot of like UK hip hop, a lot of drill, a lot of trap, a lot of like American trap. And yeah, I've been really, really getting into that, really enjoying it. The music itself is like... It really in- encumbers the like simple but effective thing you know mm-hmm. like very simple beats very simple melodies very simple lyrics as well in some cases but delivered in such a way that's like you can quite happy to sit there and listen to it for hours or, or me personally anyway yeah there's been it's definitely been a lot less of a focus on dance music and uh and the rave scene in general i mean i haven't i haven't taken the sound system out obviously this year Mm. goes without saying but like uh
0: you've been doing webcam shows
1: (laughs) boombox committee titties Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's great uh what made you decide to rap
1: well i've always been interested in it and i've like written enjoyed writing stuff whether i mean early days it would it was like stories. I wrote a lot of like weird stories. One of which got used for our mate Harry, uh, his A-level art show final piece and mm. uh, like little bits of text and things like that. And then I always kind of wrote yeah. lyrics in the background and had them there, but it was never really too, I, I don't know, I guess you'd call it just self-conscious. You'd, I was like self-conscious about it and, and it is big to get up and, you know, perform doing anything in front of other people and the thought of rapping in front of anyone is like, is a scary concept. Even now, you know, it kind of puts the flutters in my belly. But like,
0: do you still feel nervous when you're recording now? Not recording
1: necessarily, but then I'm always, if I'm recording, and I'm at home on my own normally. Like, but the thought of getting up.
0: So that doesn't that doesn't make you uh, scared?
1: No, no. But okay. the thought of like showing someone my tune, like, so isn't is it recording it fine? But actually showing people. I wouldn't sit there and show it to my mates who have around, you know, say on, on the weekend or whatever, I wouldn't sit there and play it to them, but I would upload it. And if people want to listen to it, then they can, you know? Okay. So like, yeah, I guess it's still that nervous element, but then definitely a lot more of a fuck it, I'm going to do it. I want to become like a performing artist. like yeah. So, and, or, or get the record label off the ground. So I do need to be churning out some stuff.
0: Oh, okay. Tell me about your new goons.
1: <laughs> well, it's a, again, it's a weird one to kind of like actually pinpoint who who is, I mean, like what would you, how would you even class being part of the committee? Because obviously you've got the core members who have always been and will always be a part of the gang, but like they're not necessarily working towards it at the moment. You've got, you know, High Def doing his, he's got his own job now. You've got Al who's doing his own bits and bobs. Harry, Jez, yourself, all were like initial members that aren't necessarily, you know, repping anymore.
0: You're still waiting to call call in a favour at some point. Can you come and...
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this is it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, guest cameo slots. A a state
0: of mind than (laughs) 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 they're doing anything towards then,
1: And then obviously there's like a load of new people who I've met through Bristol, um, people that come in and out like my mate Doyle um who you've probably seen I've put up a couple of videos and tunes with him recently and then yeah big dog 9000 he's a producer that's up here legend um yeah you know and then and then it just extends really i mean like any like as you say it's calling in favors that's who's part of the committee anyone that i've
0: ever called a favorite anyone who's ever committee. been in it is, it is never leaving
1: <laughs> yeah man it depends how far you want to stretch it i mean you could sit there and just be like Oh, committee records is just christy but then you could sit there and be like no nah, committee records are the, the the circle that chris moves in you know is everyone right.
0: yeah everyone and no
1: one <laughs> everyone and no one exactly yeah what is committee records? Everything and nothing, right?
0: <laughs> That's existential. Where, where, where do you want to take Was it committee records in the next like few years?
1: Uh, so I want to get together like a honed group of artists, you know, uh, be obviously releasing original music. Once events are allowed to be back up and running as normal, the likelihood is that we'll put together a, like a showcase set that will involve original music from myself, other members of committee records, um, maybe even some guest appearances, who knows, with a view to putting on our own full events, you know, full production events. Like right? We've got people that are working doing, in carpentry, set design, painting and things like that. So ultimately, I'd like to, it'd be a full stage show, as you will. You'd have the sound system, you'd have us as musicians and performers, you'd maybe have a few, like, just people who are there as, like, hype people or whatever. And then, obviously, the behind-the-scenes decor people, carpenters, and technicians as well. I'd I'd like to get to a point where I could trust someone. I had someone else that I could trust to take the sound system out, you know?
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: So, yeah, it'd just be trying to grow. I mean, you know, the dream is, like, that something kicks off majorly. We we all started making some big money off the music, and we can just go out to the L.A. mansion and retire. But, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know keeping it real i was just we just want to expand like there's been a few other bits and bobs you know that have been going like uh i did a, a run of clothing which i did well two runs of clothing yeah which uh both of them sold out which was good so maybe that's another avenue that we'll explore
0: yeah merch is a good idea what uh what was on your clothing i don't think i caught that
1: so it's just the boombox committee logo with boombox committee and it was some of it had committee down the sleeves or on the back and it was just committee clothing basically so the brand was committee and then yeah the ghetto blaster was the focal image
0: so who drew the the original image
1: carol mickalack art by carol mickalack
0: yeah yeah he's awesome yeah
1: he is he's smashing the art out at the moment like anyone listening go check it out art by carol mickalack on instagram yeah, he he did the original design for me for just again as a favor. This is it, man. This is what I mean. Anyone that's ever done a favor for committee records, they like they they are committee members. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that that logo actually has gone pretty far now. So like from that thing that he sketched up for me just on a pretty much a whim or me being like can you just fucking do it for me, it's now been on t-shirts. It's obviously tattooed on my chest. That's hilarious. It's been made into jewellery. Wow. Yeah, it's been used on it. We've got stickers. It's, it's been used for so much stuff, you know, like it's it really is the, it's been the logo that keeps on giving.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess the last question would be who should people keep an eye out? Uh, DJ, rap boys, who you've seen, who you think are good, who are up and comers? Poor up and comers. So. Oh, just generally musicians, actually. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, so there's this guy I met down here recently. Um, rap name's Risky. And he's up and coming, definitely around here at the moment. A couple of weeks ago, he just he was doing a support slot for Pete Cannon. Yeah, so go check out Risky, um, Doyle, of course, Big Dog Nine Thousand. Who else have we got? Oh yes, yeah, he so, so uh, Rubble. Um, my mate Barney over at Rubble Dubs. He's coming out with some real nice uh, reggae, just roots vibe at the moment. Yeah, obviously art art wise, you know, like. Uh, you got carol who did the design for us you got uh i ben talking corpse who does uh who does like most of my tattoos yeah all sorts really like just generally keep an eye on committee records and you'll see you'll see who's up and coming like
0: nice uh, have you got any shows planned for when this is all over or you just you don't know yet right now
1: no i'm just focusing on releases on the label we've not thought about a live element just yet but it is to be honest with you i don't even want to be thinking about events right now just watching everything <laughs> just go <laughs> down it's just been too <laughs> it's just too <laughs> devastating you know it's just like, oh you know what i'm just gonna like just gonna kind of ignore that for the time being
0: <laughs> that's right yeah you gotta do stuff at home like a podcast you're gonna start a podcast <laughs>
1: yeah who knows yeah this is it call cool. it the Chris Trevina project. Tonight.
0: Chris Trevina?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but no, well, this is it. I wanted, I mentioned that I did the script reading earlier. So I hope, I'm hoping that that will come through and might even lead to a little acting role. Oh, that'd be good. Uh, I've also recently started trying to get into video editing and have made the last couple of music videos that we've done.
0: That's good. You're enjoying that?
1: Yeah, yeah, really enjoying it. Really, really enjoying it.
0: Yes, yeah, good skill to have, keep up.
1: So yeah, it's just focusing on stuff elsewhere. Right, i'm just seeing what happens i guess right. <laughs> who knows what the future will hold yeah are
0: you just pissing in the wind
1: <laughs> i fucking hope not you know like <laughs> I'm being a long old piss if i am like being a long old piss like. the old ten-year no, I mean, piss, like. 10 year well, piss like well like what 14 year jesus christ
0: yeah yeah <laughs> this is say? it
1: it's like yeah. this is why i can't it's, can't just thinking about it isn't on my radar at the moment because like 14 years of dedicating your life to an industry and then it's just like literally crumbling before everyone's eyes now it's just like
0: it's always the saying uh, it took 10 years to become an overnight sensation Mm. so don't be put off by the fact you've been doing it for 14 years and
1: (sighs) yeah yeah i'm just a bit late i'm always a bit late to things you know 10 years well just fashionably late
0: oh cool man well it was great to chat to you anyway thanks for coming on
1: yeah no worries man thank you very much for having me
0: P R E V E N A. hey thanks for listening and thank you to Chris for joining me go find Committee Records on YouTube Facebook SoundCloud and Instagram also the Rostravena Project can now be found on all your favourite podcast platforms so give us a review and tell your friends and that's it bye D-R-E-V-E-N-A.